I don't know whether, is it coming, James, or not? Anyway. Anyway, Acts chapter 10. And then Cornelius answered, four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest at the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, whom is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism of, that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testified about him that everything that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. This is the word of the Lord. Mm, thanks be to God. Oh, Father God, thank you for your holy word. Thank you, Father, that you poured out your Holy Spirit on all people. I pray now that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on Malcolm, that you would give him ears to hear what your Spirit is saying to us, that you would give us also ears to hear what your Spirit is saying to us today and that we would have hearts that are willing and bold to obey. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Peter. Right. I'll, I'll come to the passage of Scripture in a, in a moment. It's probably my favorite passage of Scripture this last year. It has spoken to me so much, and I, I get to speak it, and I'm thrilled. But first of all, I just want to welcome you all here. It's great to see people here for the first time, guests. Um, Trisha's brother Dave and Dawn are here, guys, and Honor, great to have you with us as well. 
And Milo, yes. But to all of you, it's, it's great to see you. Um, I was Jean's son-in-law. She said I was her best son-in-law. <laughs> I was the only one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you're never quite ready for death. And even though we were, it's been a, a few months of it happening, you're never quite ready. I mean, I've got lots of mother-in-law jokes, but nothing really ready for when somebody dies. But Jean was a woman of God. The day I married Trish, I got up in my speech and I thanked Derek and Jean that they'd given me a woman of God. And I think for lots of you, she'd been a mentor in your journey, understanding more of the Spirit of God. So we remember her fondly. She and Carolina are singing their praises, singing God's praises right now. How great thou art. Boy, they will, they will be belting it out in heaven. And that's where they are, and that's what we need to remember. This is the reality of our faith, that we die and we are in the presence of Jesus. And what better thing could you ask for? Over the last three weeks, um, Peter last week spoke so well, and he said that a tectonic shift was taking place in the church. And two weeks ago, Katie spoke from um, Acts chapter 8 about Philip and the eunuch, how God redirected Philip to go on the desert road, which was not a nice, easy road, but to go out and meet the eunuch and, and introduce him to Jesus. Then last week, Peter spoke about um, Saul on his road and how he met with God and his life was redirected. And today I get to speak about Peter and his redirection. And there was a seismic shift happening in the church. And Peter was going to do something which was unheard of and blew apart the, the traditional Jewish church at the time. It falls nicely into, into three parts. There's the story about Cornelius, there's a story about Peter, and the story about Peter visiting Cornelius' house. So three points, great for a preacher. So let me go through them. First of all, Cornelius. And you've got to read the whole of chapter 10 and chapter 11 to get the whole story here, because it is a phenomenal story. Cornelius, first of all. Scripture says he was a devout man. He prayed continuously, and he gave alms to the Jewish people. He was probably Italian. He was from the Italian cohort. He was a Roman soldier. And yet he was blessing the Jewish church, the Jewish people. And you know what Scripture says? It says his acts came up to God as a memorial. And God saw and God responded. So God saw what Cornelius was doing and he responded. He said, I, I need to redirect somebody to tell him about Jesus. And so he grabs hold of Peter in the vision. Peter had been praying all morning. He gets hungry and falls into a trance. And he gets this picture of, of food coming down from heaven. He was hungry. It's not surprising. Eh? He gets a picture about food on a blanket. But it was food that he was not allowed to eat. Birds and animals and unclean animals. And a thousand years of Jewish law said you cannot eat that food. 
And here was a vision of this food being lowered down from heaven and saying, take, kill, and eat. And I can imagine Peter going, ah, get thee behind me, Satan. That, that can't be right. You can't ask me to do something which is against my religion. Three times he had that vision and he didn't understand it. And he's left wondering, what is all this about? What is God speaking to me about? And I sense this morning that God wants to redirect some of you as well. So at the end of my talk, I'm going to challenge one or two of you. But he gets this vision, he doesn't understand it. Three times he gets the picture of eating this food which was unclean. And then God speaks to him and said, oh, by the way, this, this guy's coming to you from Cornelius' house. Go with them. So they come in and explain what had happened with Cornelius, how he'd seen a vision of an angel telling him to call him. And Peter decides to go. He decides the very next day to go with these guys and, and six friends and go to the house of Cornelius. I can imagine him knocking on the door, thinking, the moment I step over this threshold, I am breaking a thousand years of Jewish tradition. You'll read in chapter 11, he explains to them, in chapter 10, I'm not allowed to enter your house. But he stepped over the threshold and he went in to Cornelius' house. He was making himself unclean and he knew that he was going to get criticism from the, the Christians in Jerusalem. He says, the moment I step over this doorstep, I'm in trouble. Because I am breaking Jewish traditional law. But he stepped over it. He said, I'm going to go where I'm not allowed to go. I'm going to go into a place where I'm not allowed to be. Because God's told me it's okay to do it. And Peter took a big risk. He went in and said, well, I'm here. What's it all about? And, and we read Cornelius' answer. And Peter starts talking about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit falls. These guys, they speak in tongue. And they became obedient to baptism. But were they saved? Was Cornelius saved? He was God-fearing, he was devout, he was, he was doing good. And God saw and said, all that's needed now is you to understand about Jesus. And Peter explained to him all that happened and said to him, this is what it's all about. This, this is the fulfillment of, of, of everything. I think sometimes we think that God's Holy Spirit is only working in the church. That's his, that's his domain, the church. But let me tell you something. God is doing more outside of this church than we understand or know. He is working in our city, in our neighborhoods, in our streets, and we've got no idea about it. There are people who are searching for him, and we, they don't know about Jesus yet that they know there's more. And, and it takes courage to step over the threshold and say, I'm going to go to where they are. And Peter allowed himself to be redirected. He said, well, up to now I've been, I've been concentrating on the, the, the Jewish Christians 
but now I need to go to the Gentiles as well. And that was the same with Philip, with the eunuch. It was the same with Paul. He went out to the Gentiles. And we are here today because of what Peter did. He broke with a thousand years of tradition, broke the Jewish law, and went into the house of a Gentile and shared the good news of Jesus. He went through the door. And my challenge to you this morning is, are we prepared to go through the door? And you know something? I think God wants to redirect us much more than we realize. I believe the people he wants us to minister to, and he's, he's trying to get your attention, but we're not very good at listening. The great thing is when Peter went back to the church in Jerusalem, yeah, they gave him flack. You read chapter 11. They called him in and said, what were you doing going into the house? Peter explained. And the scripture says, when he explained, the community quietened down. In other words, they stopped haranguing him and said, oh, yeah, I can, I can, we can see now what God is doing. Let's listen to Simon this morning and, and the things which are happening you know, among the Muslim community. And the guy's prepared to, to step over and say, yeah, I'm going to change. The thing is, God has your back. He goes before us. And, and there's a work going on out there with, with God's Holy Spirit and, and the and people that we know nothing about, but he's saying, go out there and find it. Go out and find them, follow me, and I will lead you to these people. Now go and share with them all that Jesus has done. Share them the message of the gospel, how Jesus died for our sins and bring us back into a relationship with our Father. But it takes courage to do that. God is working on people right now. His Holy Spirit is working on people, and we know nothing about it as a church. My challenge is to be redirected by God this morning. Look around, find what God is doing, and get involved. Find out what is happening in your community and get involved. Talk to your neighbors. They could be having visions of angels and don't understand it. Cornelius didn't know. And there's that uh, wonderful verse um, in Acts chapter 11 where Peter was explaining to the Christians and said, you know, send to Joppa and have Simon called Peter brought here and he shall speak words to you by which you will be saved. So in chapter 11, Peter explaining, Cornelius was saying, God is telling him to call Peter and, and he'll show you how to be saved. So Cornelius wasn't saved, but he was a devout guy. He was, he was helping the poor. He was praying continuously. He just didn't know Jesus. And I think there are people in our community who are just like that. And all they're wanting is somebody to come through their threshold, open that door, go through it and say, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what this life is all about. Let me tell you what, what you are trying to sort out. It's Jesus. Philip, when he, in chapter 8, got that call, go on the desert road, and there you're going to meet a eunuch. Would you have wanted to walk in the desert? 
God's telling me to walk on a desert path. That's exciting. Hot, sweaty day just to meet one person. But it was worth it. And we don't know what happened to the eunuch when he went back home into the palace and, and what happened there. I think it's revival, probably. With Cornelius, it wasn't just for him, it was for his household. As several times you read, both you and your household will come to faith. Talking to one person, but you, you reach a household. So can I challenge you this morning? Will you be redirected by God? Will you listen to what he's saying to you? And if he says, go down that road, go and speak to that person um, and see what happens. Trish and I, when, often now, whenever we go out for a meal, um, we were with some uh, missionaries in Spain and we went out for a meal and the first restaurant we went to was closed. So we, we went to another one and we sat down, we had a meal and we were served by this guy. And um, we were the last table to leave. And as he was clearing up, and we started talking to him. We said to him, um, can we ask you a question? If you could ask God for anything this morning, what would you ask him? And the guy looked at us and explained in Spanish his answer. And he said to us, well, this is very personal, but actually my wife and I, we, we can't have children. We've been trying for years and we haven't been able to have a child. Would you pray for us that we have a child? So they're in a restaurant at 10.30 at night. There we're praying for the owner of the restaurant, not a Christian, but praying into his situation. And we haven't heard the answer yet. The final, what do we believe? We believe they will have children. We're waiting for the answer to come through. But it takes courage to speak up. It takes courage to go to somebody and say, if God could do one thing for you today, what, what would you ask him to do? Will you be redirected? Will you take up the challenge? I've never wanted a nice, cozy church. I want a church which is messy, which is reaching into the community, which is making a difference. And you guys are part of this story. You're part of the story of, of St. Andrews. And there's still a work to be done. So let's honor our king by saying, Lord, redirect me. Time is not up yet. Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to speak to? And listen to him and be redirected, okay? Thank you, Trish. I'm uh, reminded of the six months ago when my mum, Jean, could still get out and about 